You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 193. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Lara Bernard. Last week in episode 192, I talked about stakeholder engagement in the assessment process and how to properly engage stakeholders, which stakeholders you should engage, and what mistakes to avoid when you are doing your assessment to learn where the pain points are and what business problems you should be solving for your PMO. If you're setting it up, if you're trying to get it back on track, if you're just trying to provide more value. And when I was doing that episode, I had so many rabbit holes I wanted to go down with other stakeholder challenges that a lot of people experience. So that's what this week's episode is going to be about is stakeholder engagement mistakes that a lot of people make and what to do instead. This episode is sponsored by our Game Changing Steps to a High Impact PMO. This is a free training you can join and either watch a prior recording or sign up for one of our upcoming events. It's pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. If you're curious about our impact engine system, or if you're curious about the right ways to engage stakeholders in the process of building or elevating your PMO, you definitely want to check out that training because I explained to you our step-by-step-by-step process for building a PMO that delivers really big results quickly and how to even reset if your PMO is not showing a lot of value right now. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO, check out the training or watch my most recent recording of a prior session so you can learn exactly what it takes to build an impact engine PMO for your organization. Can't wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. Now I could list so many different mistakes that I've seen PMO leaders make over the years when it comes to how they're engaging or not engaging stakeholders in the development or delivery of the PMO services. So we're gonna dive into several of those today so you can get a sense of where you might be falling short and it might uncover some things for you as to why you might be hitting resistance, hitting roadblocks, not getting the engagement you want, you don't have the buy-in you're looking for, and all of that's gonna lead you to not getting your seat at the table, not getting what you're looking for out of this, which is a successful PMO or strategy delivery function for your organization. The first one is not identifying who those stakeholders are in the first place. If you fail to identify who these stakeholders are, then you could be missing people that could really positively or negatively influence the outcome of your PMO. You see, the way I define a stakeholder is anyone that can or believes they can positively or negatively influence the outcomes of your PMO. So they might be somebody that is obvious, like your boss or another business leader or the person that hired you, or there could be people that believe they can influence the outcomes and you don't even know who they are. Could be your boss's boss's boss, or it could be somebody in another part of the organization, or it could be somebody that already has a PMO that's wondering what the heck you're doing over in this other part of the organization. But that's not it. You also want to look at anybody that believes they will be impacted by what you're doing, whether they will be or won't be. So it's people that believe that they can influence the outcomes of your PMO or believes they will be influenced by the outcomes of your PMO, whether they can or not. All of those people are stakeholders and you have to make sure you identify them all. Now, last week I talked about 
interviewing those stakeholders and your assessment process. You don't want to interview them all or all at once. You don't need to build relationships with every single person in the organization immediately, but you do want to invest in building relationships. And if you don't know who the stakeholders are, you're going to have a hard time building those relationships and they'll come in handy down the road. So you've got to make sure you identify all the people that must be involved in the process, want to be involved in the process. That's where you can find some really great advocates for the future and those that should be involved in the process, whether they know they are or not. So all of these different stakeholder groups must be identified. And if you don't identify them, then you're going to prioritize certain needs for these stakeholders over others that could be risky. You're not going to hear the voices of others that could influence the outcomes of your PMO. And you could end up hitting roadblocks of people that are just stonewalling your progress because you haven't gotten their input. Now, like I said, you don't have to worry about talking to them all at once. You want to start with those top level executives. And I talked about that last week, but you do need to know who they are. So the mistake number one is failing to do the homework to identify who your stakeholders are. In our Impact Engine program, we provide a stakeholder engagement plan that identifies all the stakeholders, their influence, their power, their involvement in the PMO, what they care about, all kinds of information. And that's helpful so that you have a place that you're saying, okay, who are all the people that I need to know about and talk to at some point in this journey? So that's the first thing we have to do is make sure we know who all those stakeholders are. And obviously that it's important to talk to them at some point in this process. And once we've identified them, Another mistake that PMO leaders make is failing to involve the stakeholders in the decision-making process, or even worse, they take on the decision-making responsibility that actually belongs to those stakeholders by trying to make those decisions themselves. So here's something I see pretty common, especially with PMO leaders that are in an organization where it's hard to get people to make decisions or they feel like they have to own the decisions themselves, is that they try to make decisions they shouldn't be making. Here's an example. If a stakeholder on a project comes to you and says, we need to make a change to our project, a lot of people, project managers, PMO leaders, instantly think no, because that's going to break my triple constraint. That's going to make us not be on time, on scope, on budget. But that business leader doesn't actually care. What they really care about is getting the results that project was intended to create. And if that means you have to change the triple constraint, that means you have to change it. And so instead of putting barriers to those changes, PMO leaders should be facilitating what the business leader wants and showing them the implications of their decisions. Instead of saying, no, we can't do this, you need to be saying, yes, we absolutely can. And here's what that's going to take. Here's what that would look like. Do you still want to make that decision? Putting the decision-making responsibility back on the stakeholder. Instead, PMO leaders and project managers try to say, no, we can't do that. Or sorry, that's going to take three months to get in front of the change control board. Or we just can't do it. Or we don't have the resources or all the millions of other excuses. And that's what they are as excuses. Because it's not about we don't have enough resources because that assumes that you own the decision. You don't. They do. So let them make it. You need to allow them the opportunity to get all the information so that they can make an educated and informed decision about next steps. What if they can get resources, but they don't because you've taken away the control from them or you've tried to, right? So what you want to do instead is you want to say, yes, and here's what that would take. I'm the expert and what it would take. You're the one that owns the decision business leader as to whether or not we do it. 
So you just need to be able to put your business leaders and your stakeholders in a position to make the right decisions instead of trying to make those decisions for them. That's a big one. Here's another example. Let's say your business leaders are telling you that every project in the portfolio is number one priority. Well, you take that as an answer instead of showing them the implications of that decision because it is a decision. A lack of a decision is still a decision because what they're doing is they're saying, okay, I am deciding that everything's number one priority. And then instead of pushing back on that, a lot of PMO leaders don't feel that they have the authority, don't feel like they can push back. So they'll say, okay, well, then we're going to try and figure out what to do first, second, and third. You don't own that prioritization. So stop trying to make it. And what's even worse is it might go from you to the project managers, to the people on the team, to the developer who's trying to work on 16 projects and just doing whatever they think the right thing to do next is instead of what actually is the next right thing. So we have to push all that decision-making back up where it belongs and onto the business leader. The developer shouldn't be making that decision. The PM shouldn't be making that decision. You shouldn't be making that decision. You should be going back to the business leaders and saying, okay, so we're going to need some decision-making about priorities because we don't have infinite resources. What would be better is to actually start work when we have people to do it instead of starting all of the work at once spreading it across all of our teams and everyone ending up with one sixteenth of a critical resource on their project, which is why nothing's moving. So business leaders, the decision we need is what is the most important first, second, third, fourth, 10th thing that our teams should work on. And then we will assign resources according to priority so that the most important projects that are driving toward the strategic objectives most effectively get the resources first. And then when we have resources to do the second, third, fourth, fifth, 10th, whatever the right number is, projects, we will absolutely start putting resources on that. That's a different conversation you should be having with your business leaders. But instead, a lot of PMO leaders just start making the decision for them and just start assigning out resources to everything because they were told everything was a number one priority. And that's not going to work. Now, I touched on this a bit last week, and I'm definitely going to do an episode specifically about getting your seat at the table because a lot of this comes down to you being comfortable having the right conversations so that you can have a seat at the table and to get your seat at the table and knowing how to engage properly when you have your seat at the table. But for now, I just want you remembering that the PMO should be facilitating the right decision-making and not rescuing or saving your business leaders from the decisions that they must own. In fact, you're doing them a disservice the more you rescue them from their jobs. It's not your job to decide for the stakeholders. It's their job to decide and your job to execute on those decisions. So keep your services, keep your role, keep your clarity around what you should be doing to your real areas of responsibility, which is facilitating the strategy delivery process, not making the decisions your business leaders need to make. When you make the decisions for them, everyone fails. And by the way, it's why they're trying to blame you for stuff that actually they should have been doing in the first place. So don't give them that opportunity. And along the lines of decision-making, we also have to address poor stakeholder communication. Now there's so many places I could talk about challenges around stakeholder communication and not doing the right level of communication, but here's what I'm gonna focus for you as a PMO leader. You have to make sure that you are marketing not selling the value of your PMO. 
You have to make sure that you are effectively communicating not just how your projects are on time, on scope, on budget, not just how many projects you're managing or how much budget you're spending. Those things are really not relevant. What's relevant is how much value you're driving. You're driving to outcomes faster, how you're helping the organization make an impact for that strategy, how you are helping the organization achieve that return on investment for the strategy. That's where your communication needs to be focused. And a lot of PMO leaders will say, oh, I don't want to brag or I'm not comfortable. Well, then listen, here's some tough love. Get out of the role. If you don't want to talk about the value you're driving for the organization, you are in the wrong job. This is a tough job. It requires you to be brave and it requires you to drive decisions. And to do that, my friend, you have to be comfortable talking about what's happening, what's working, what's not working, where the value is, what needs to change, what decisions they need to make, like we just talked about. All of that communication is vital to your success. You have to be able to tell the success stories. You have to be able to give them examples of what's working and why. You have to be able to talk to them about the root causes to all the symptoms that they think are what's really the problem when you know better and you know the root causes. You have to communicate well. It is vital for stakeholder relationship building, for stakeholder engagement, and for getting to those effective decisions that you need. And you know what? This job isn't for everyone. But with us by your side, with me supporting you on this journey, you'll have everything you need. Don't worry, I've got you. And you should probably be in our Impact Engine system and our Impact Accelerator Mastermind so I can coach you on this journey. So know that a really important role that you have is communication and that you have to be good at marketing, showing the value, showing how you're creating value and driving those better business outcomes. You also have to make sure that your communication is of quality, meaning the Goldilocks method around communication. Not too much, not too little. It's got to be just right. That means that we keep our communications and our reporting concise and specific and deliberate, and we drive actions and decisions from that communication. And we also have to make sure that the communication is meaningful, relevant, data-driven, results focused and timely. And oh, by the way, accurate, but that should go without saying. So when you think about your stakeholders and the information that they need, know that the best information is the information that's driving the actions and the decisions to keep everybody moving forward. Anything you provide to them needs to be in support of that goal. Now, the other mistake that I see PMO leaders making when it comes to stakeholder engagement and the communication aspects are expectations management and neglecting to involve the stakeholders in the process of giving you feedback or input. Now, again, last week I talked about how and when to include stakeholders in your assessment process of figuring out what solutions you're going to create. And that means that we have to get stakeholder feedback and input into the process. So the mistake you want to avoid here is twofold. One, you have to engage your stakeholders in the assessment process. Do not believe that you know the answers, that you know what they need, that you know the medicine your organization needs, and so you just start fixing things. Even if you're right, you are wrong because you haven't engaged the stakeholders in the process. They're not coming with you and you're going to hit a wall of resistance. So make sure that you go back and listen to episode 192 about the stakeholder engagement process, when and how to engage them and how to keep that relationship going. But for the purposes of this mistake, I want you thinking about not only do you have to engage them, but you do have to incorporate their feedback into your process. So you have to make sure that they feel heard and understood. That doesn't mean you fix everything every stakeholder tells you. 
but it does mean that when you're talking to those stakeholders, you're going back to the things they told you. You're talking to them in terms of the WIFM for them, the what's in it for me, what they told you they didn't like, what their pain points were, what their challenges were. I teach our students how to take that pain point, specifically in the words of the stakeholder, and feed it into all of the conversations you have with them so that they think, one, that you're reading their mind, two, that you totally care about what it is that they want solved, and three, that you're able to get stakeholder and buy-in and support because you're giving them what they told you was broken. So when you do the solution conversations down the road, because they were talking about symptoms and then you can tie those symptoms to the solutions and then you get their buy-in support, even when you didn't feel like you were originally gonna be solving their thing, you usually do when it comes to the root causes. I know that's a lot. I talked about it a little bit last week and there's a lot that you could really go into there, which is what we do with our students. So. Think about how you can include stakeholders in this process and get their feedback and then incorporate that feedback into your planning and solutioning along the way. But also the other side of this is making sure that you manage their expectations. So one mistake that I have made in my career when I was building a PMO is, was this issue of not managing expectations appropriately. You see, I knew that I had to interview stakeholders. I knew that I had to have good conversations with those stakeholders about their pain points. And some of them started getting solution-y, but I kind of worked with it. And I was like, okay, well, we'll look at it. I got all that part right. And then I made the fatal mistake. Well, nearly fatal. Eventually it all worked out and I got promoted into an even bigger role, et cetera. So this does have a good ending. But one of the mistakes I made that really set me back was not properly setting expectations of these key stakeholders that I was interviewing when I talked about their challenges and their pain points. I would say things like, yes, absolutely. That's absolutely something we can fix. And I didn't put any boundaries on it. You see the problem there? So I talked to maybe 10 key executive stakeholders. It was a really large organization. And I did all the right assessment work. I asked the right questions. I was building relationships. I was letting them talk about their challenges. And they would say, is this something you can help us fix? And I would say, yes, absolutely. And I didn't follow up with, and we'll get back to you on when we can actually do that. The problem was that all of these individual stakeholders thought that their thing was going to be the first thing addressed. And so what happened was I ended up with a lot of stakeholders saying, what have you done for me lately? Because they saw me building this enterprise PMO and that we were making progress, but I didn't manage their expectations properly as to when they would have the thing they wanted addressed. Now I know, and what I teach our students is to include all of those stakeholders in a prioritization and strategic planning session around what the PMO is going to do to deliver value and get all of their pain points together in one place and let the group prioritize. Now I know that if the group, this leadership team prioritize those pain points, they would all understand where their pain points that they wanted to address fell into that process. I also know now that those are just symptoms, not root causes, and that I still had work to do to figure out what the root causes were. And I did do that definitely back then, but including those stakeholders in that root cause analysis process and helping them see the impact of their challenges, I'm definitely better at that now. But man, this was a long time ago, at least 15, 20 years ago when I was doing this. So I've learned a lot since then. And that's my whole point of doing these episodes is that I want to teach you the things that I have learned over 25 years of doing this work so that you don't have to make the same mistakes that I've made in the past. So make sure you're thinking about 
how you manage expectations of the stakeholders that you're including in this process, which you absolutely should, and that you help them see where you are on this roadmap of creating and delivering value and when and where their challenges and pain points will be addressed, which you only know once you've gotten into planning. Okay, that's a whole other episode. One more thing that I want to address when it comes to mistakes that PMO leaders make in stakeholder engagement and management, and that is not being adaptive, nimble, flexible, and really responding to the stakeholder needs. You've done all this good work to engage them, build relationships, manage expectations, really go back and address the challenges that they have, but then things change. The organization changes, priorities change, and you're still busy focused on that set of services that may or may not still be valuable. Your PMO must be flexible, nimble, adaptive, and agile, dare I say it, agile when it comes to how it operates, how it responds to the challenges of the organization, and specifically the stakeholder needs. Because if you're still static and focused on things that they don't value, they won't feel heard, they won't feel understood, they won't respect and value you, and you won't have that seat at the table. So what we have to do is we have to make sure that we're constantly engaging stakeholders, bringing them in through the process and building relationships with them and listening. In last week's episode, I really made it clear that you don't just engage with stakeholders during the assessment process one time at the beginning and you're done. This is an ongoing relationship building strategy. You have to make sure you're spending really solid time building relationships continually. And then when you do, it's super easy to be nimble and flexible and adaptive because you know what the next thing is that they're going to need. You know what pain points are going to happen and what new things will come up after you solve other problems because you're having conversations with them. You're having coffee, you're having lunch, you're having a 15 minute chat. You're doing very simple things that have them trusting you and believing you and relying on you to address the next thing that they need. So make sure that you are flexible and that you know how to adapt and adjust and make changes so that you can be right where they need you when they need you. That's the secret. And the way you do that is you anticipate what's going to be next. And the way you do that is having a strong stakeholder relationship. So take the time, invest in these relationships with stakeholders, understand that they are part of this process with you. They are on this journey with you and know that they will not naturally just get it or be on board or be by your side. You must do the hard work to bring them with you through this process so that you don't hit change resistance, so that you can build good relationships with them, get them to drive decisions faster, stay accountable, engaged, supportive, and helping you make this PMO the impact engine it must be so you can help your organization achieve a higher return on investment for the organization strategy as quickly as possible. Okay, Impact Driver, I hope that these tips have given you some things to refocus your efforts and energy on to keep those stakeholder engagement processes going and the relationships strong. And if you want our step-by-step process that we use to drive high impact through the PMO, definitely check out my free training called the Game Changing Steps to a High Impact PMO. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO and sign up for our free training on the game-changing steps for you to build, elevate, or even rescue your PMO quickly. 
Because remember, my friend, it's all about getting you a seat at the table and accelerating your own career in the process. That's it for this episode. Make sure that you hit subscribe, download these episodes so that they are with you no matter where your high impact journey takes you. And if you love what you're hearing, make sure you take a moment to leave a rating and review so that others can go on this high impact journey with you as well. I can't wait to give you more goodness next week. That's it for this episode. Bye-bye for now.